calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again, it's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this. I get to say Doc's line today because he's not here. <laughs> this could be an awesome episode or things could go completely off the rails. But either way, I am so excited that you are all here hanging out with me. I am super excited to have a special guest on today. And before I bring him on and we have an entire discussion all about podcasting and how to get started and everything that he's done to get his podcast up and running, I want to tell you that... It's been so fun, the fact that I get to reconnect with people who I've worked with in past jobs. So this is a great, uh, this is a great example <laughs> of that, which makes it super fun for me. So I hope that you are having an absolutely incredible week wherever you are watching or listening from. And as always, if you have any questions or great ideas for an upcoming episode or anything that you want us to cover, you can always reach us flow at ecamm.com. You can join our flow volley and leave us a video message. We are always keeping an eye on those. And if there's any video questions, we do our best to answer them quickly. Uh, we'd love to feature some questions on the show. Sure. So if you have a question that you want us to feature on the show, you should definitely, definitely send those through the volley. Um, or, you know, pretty easy to contact on virtually every one of Ecamm's uh, social platforms. So if you want to leave us a message there, I love that the usual crew is here hanging out. As always, we will be doing our live Q&A at the end for all of our live flow riders. So certainly stick around to the end to join us. But without further ado and without too much housekeeping, I am super excited to be hanging out today with Matt, Matt B. Davis, who's in the house. <laughs> Matt, thank you so much for hanging out on the flow with me today. I'm uh, I'm super excited to be here. You said adieu, which is my second or third favorite uh, word or word to start with. What do you start with? <laughs> I actually think that is my main one. I'm trying to think if there's like other ones that I start with often. It's been a while since I've been since I've done a word, although I kind of I was on a kick. And then I got distracted with other things. I've been obsessively playing um, Gordon Ramsay's game on my on my phone, which is like my my secret shame. <laughs> I've been I've been fake making food in Gordon Ramsay's fake mobile kitchen uh, and getting yelled at along the way. I I like to be the like if everybody's doing something, go the other way. So I'm very new to world. When I was posting every day, I was like, whatever whatever. And then like six months ago, I think my daughter started a chain with me, her and my wife. And so we started going and then they started falling off and it's no fun if the people you're with aren't doing it every day. 
And then I found a couple of obstacle racing friends. Uh, and every morning, uh, it's the first thing I see is they text me how many letters it took them. And so it reminds yeah. me to do it. And so there we go. Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, maybe if you add me into your, <laughs> into your channel, I'll pick it back up. I'm like, I'm like that with TV. I feel like I'm always a good three years behind, like whatever everyone thinks is popular and fun. So, you know, everyone's like, Oh, are you watch, watching game of Thrones? And I'm like, no, I haven't started that yet. <laughs> like really? <laughs> I haven't gotten into that. I, like, no, I just watched game of Thrones last, uh, la- like during the pandemic. I was, there I you was go. Like, there you go. Too, so there you go. <laughs> well, I, I want to give our backstory for everyone listening because I love that our my two worlds are colliding here. So for folks who um, who are listening and watching who know me in the world of eCam, you may not know that years back I worked for a publishing company and I had the pleasure of being a marketing manager for a whole slew of experts across like a crazy amount of categories. So I worked on cookbooks and parenting and family books and health and fitness. And I got to meet Matt through that because, because he's a published author. And he has an awesome book uh, that I own, and I was kicking myself for not bringing it in to be able to like hold it up to everyone. But uh, but yeah, that's where that that is how we met. And yet you still want to hang out with me, so I must have done an okay job in in helping marketing on that side. Um, But yeah, yeah, definitely. So Matt, why don't you give us a bit of background on who you are and how you initially got into podcasting? Sure. So we know each other because your company uh, asked me to write a book about obstacle racing, which I had started doing uh, in 2012, which is about when anybody listening or watching to this probably first saw on their Facebook, Warrior Dash, Spartan Race, Tough Mudder, 2010-11-12 is when all that started. And early on, I decided to do a podcast about that sport not because I knew podcasting was the future, but because it just seemed fun and I didn't, I, I enjoyed listening to podcasts and I hadn't heard one on my sport yet. And so I started it and, uh, things, things really, uh, I want to say took off, but escalated. For- <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we're going to get to a lot of it, but we're talking about a 10 year journey. I hit the 10 year mark this past June on the podcast and that feels very like big to me. Yeah. So, uh, a year into it, you know, you asked me to write a book. Uh, a year or so into it, there was a documentary being made. I got asked to be in that. And I just kind of quickly became the industry expert, as it were, which it, it turns out it's what everyone who wants to launch podcasts and YouTube channels tells you that you should probably do is focus on one thing and be the expert on that. And again, it's not because I was a genius. It's because it just seems fun to me. But then once I realized it was my job, I've, I've taken it very seriously and wanted to put out a lot of good content and loved and loved putting content content. I do way more video and Instagram and all the stuff. I didn't do that stuff at all in 2012, but the podcast is still like my baby, my favorite. I've started other podcasts since. So uh, that's kind of how I feel about podcasting. That is incredible. And congratulations on 10 years is just huge. That's it. And you're on our 20th episode. So you can give us all, all of the advice and hopefully we can get to, uh, to being as far down the road as you've had your success. That's awesome. So when you started that long ago, what did podcasting look like then versus now? So how, what, what has changed in, in that specific podcast over the last 10 years? Well, I can tell you that in the early years, people literally didn't know what it was. <laughs> what the podcast was, yeah, I'm sure. So if I met you on an airplane, I would have to explain to you what obstacle racing was and what a podcast was. <laughs> so it would be like, you know, have you heard like This American Life, but like not in your car? Like you heard like a radio phone? station, but like not a radio station. And yeah, it's on your phone. Exactly. I mean, that's seriously what it was like. And there was one player and it was iTunes. So it wasn't, you know, it was, it was, it it was just, and then when the kind of the boom quote unquote boom happened after serial, which was, I want to say 17, whatever the, whenever that happened, even, even then it's nothing to what it is now. Like, I don't know what the numbers are, but has it been another 10 X since 2017? So it's just been growing crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of like you just see, more and more people doing it and 
everybody sort of trying their hand at it and other apps wanting to serve it in a different way. And there's just this really special connection people have when you're in their ears. And so that's what podcasting is and does for people. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely true. And they, it must have been such a weird experience to try to have to defend or explain both both sides of that. And I'm sure too, as, like, as obstacle racing started taking off and then podcasting started taking off, you probably had these bursts of, you know, of people jumping on and listening. Was it, did that make it harder or easier as you kind of had these like, you know, bursts of audience coming, coming in or wanting to learn more? Well, you know, going to these events, right. These obstacle races, let's say I, you know, I went to, let's say 20 races a year I went to, right. Which is, you know, some local, some travel and, you know, people would continue to come up to me and say, Hey, I listen to the show. And some people would want to have a long conversation about it. Some people are just like, Hey, thanks. Good job. And I think at one point I thought, well, the numbers are, are kind of stagnant, like the, the, the download. So I probably have, I've reached a peak and I've met all the yeah. people I'm going to meet. <laughs> exactly. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't fail that every time I go to a race, somebody comes up to me and it's, it's, it's nice because when you're, you know, when you do this for a living, you know, you get feedback, but it's not, you know, it's not constant. So when people stop to say, I really enjoyed this, or I really enjoy what you're doing, or I appreciate that you cover the sport for us or whatever, uh, it feels really nice. So um, people always seem they're shy about doing it, or they think that you might hear it too much. But I can tell you, uh, never be afraid to go up to your favorite content creator and say, I love what you're doing, because uh, we all need to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. I it's interesting. I we've been I, we've been having all these conversations um predominantly with with those who are, you know, either thinking about getting into the podcasting space or, you know, or have just started it. And one of the questions that comes up for us a lot is this this idea of like, um, you know, maybe I'm too niche. Like, will anyone listen? Like just just because I have this idea, like is it worth going out there and doing it? And it, you know, there's a couple different ways I suppose you could answer it, but I I, I love that we have you on because you have this <laughs> very specific niche, and then you're like so new to podcasting that you just went for it. So was there was there a point where it was like a little scary? You were trying to think through like, are, you know, is there going to be an audience for this? How you know how did you kind of go about thinking through your audience and and growing you know that listener base? I think I think now I certainly put way more thought into it, you know, when it comes to posting things on Instagram or YouTube titles and thumbnails. And, you know, I, I don't know how much you guys have talked about this, but podcasting is still lousy for search. <laughs> yeah. And so I don't spend a lot of time there. Like with, you know, it's just, I just put the show out and I think that's what I try to tell. Like, so people ask me a lot that people ask me for advice a lot and I'm happy to give it. And especially in my field, there've been people who started shows and you know, I, I tell them like, don't look at the statistics, just keep cranking them out. Cause it's not gonna, no, no one guest is going to move the needle. An episode you think is going to do great. Won't when you don't think matters will matter to people. So it's, it's fortunately, unfortunately always the same advice, which is be consistent. And as long as you love what you're doing, keep doing it because the audience can tell when you're faking it. Yeah, it's abs- absolutely true. Yeah, that is, I'm glad to hear you say that. That's the advice that we've been giving out is just that, you know, it really comes down to why you're doing it and you shouldn't be doing it for any other reason other than you have something that you want to be able to put out and something, you know, that you think is of value there. You're passionate about it. You want to do it because if you're doing it just for, you know, fans or because you think you're going to make an absolute killing at it, it's probably not a good reason to jump into the world of podcasting because it does. You're right. It takes a, a ton of time and a ton of work and, you know, and there are ebbs and flows to it, I'm sure over even over 10 years. Walk us through a little bit about the, so I'm assuming that most folks listening here probably don't know, you know, you or haven't heard your podcast. So what is the, what is the format of it? Um, Are you audio only? Are you doing audio and video? You know, what is, what does the show look and sound like? So when I started the show, it was actually, I, I said there was only iTunes. There was this thing which actually still exists called Stitcher. And it, it was actually a call-in format. You would call in to a line. So if you listen to these old episodes, it's great. It's got that old like phone sound. 
Um, I love listening to the like OG episode. You feel like you're sort of behind the scenes. You're like, ah, this morning. Right. And it was, it was, let's talk about people who do these races, right? Like here's this mom, here's this veteran, here's the guy that puts on this race. Um, And then uh, because I'm, I'm genuinely curious and kind of can't, you know, keep my mouth shut. I was just like, I want to say one of the first, but I was early on the only person saying like, well, hey, you guys actually screwed this up. What happened here? Right. And so people were <laughs> thrilled that somebody was like, hey, here's somebody holding people accountable uh, again. So I did not decide to be a quote unquote media company or a journalist. I mean, I taught myself all this stuff. Right. And this is what I tell people all the time. It's like, I know I could write a book until I did it. Right. When you guys, yep. I, I say you guys, the publishing company said <laughs> me specifically when I <laughs> exactly when you guys reached out and said, we specialize in this thing. Would you like to do this thing? You know, of course I was terrified. And of course I missed all my deadlines because I was afraid of, you know, doing it. And, you know, and then once I finished it, it was like, oh, I'm actually like a pretty good writer. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, I've, I've gone back to, to read many a blog and I literally go, did I write that? Like, I, that, wow. Like, I didn't know I could do that. And that's with zero journalism background, zero, you know, like I got D's in English. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really apply myself. I'm not a college graduate. All those things. And I know right now it's like very like cool and niche to say that you didn't go to college and do anything, but I've just always <laughs> been that way. I just could never, like school seemed boring to me and I didn't know what I wanted to do or be. And so it just seemed like not a good fit for me. And if it's a fit for you, great. But in terms of the content itself, really it was let's do the podcast. I, I think I can get money for advertising if I, if I keep doing it. And then like, okay, now let's write a blog and let's see how we, and so then it was like, okay, now I'm doing this whole thing and I'm the obstacle guy. And I sold advertising, you know, to anybody listening, it's like, what should I charge? It's like, whatever they'll give you. You know what I mean? It was like, Hey, uh, two fifty a month. And they were like, okay. And so then like a couple months later, the next time somebody asked, I was like, well, I'll try to ask for $500 a month. Like really like, cause I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have any like big analytics. So it was just like, Hey, I can send you my numbers. They're not that big, but I can tell you the people that listen are very loyal, which is still what I say. You know, we've got a very loyal audience, a very dedicated audience. And, uh, if you want to reach people who spend their time running in the mud, we're the place to do that. Right. So mm-hmm. now as I've still like a one person company, right. I've, I have video editor that I use once in a while and I have people that help me do social sometimes that I, I pay in barter. I pay in like free races or free gear. Cause I've just, I have a family of five. So if I had less children, I could have more employees. That's <laughs> Soon the children can be the employees, so it'll all work itself out. I really wish that would work out better. They they don't work as cheap as they used to, right, anymore. Like, they used to just do whatever your parents said. But um, but now it's a whole different conversation. So yesterday is a great example. Uh, real time, real stuff. I had an interview with a guy, and a hot topic came up about it's a, a movement question, all right? There's this specific movement in this thing called High Rocks, which is sort of an offshoot of obstacle racing. It's more, it's kind of crossfitty, just to dumb it down. And like in the video, it's like, look, they're doing it wrong, and the judge should have scored it this way instead of this way, right? So that's already going to be in the podcast. But I'm also like, ding, like hot topic. Let's get that on an IG reel as quickly as we can, right? Yeah. And so because I've learned and because Instagram has proven to me that a reel does better than a picture. So I wish it weren't the case, but it's the case. So I record every podcast, audio and video. And so I snagged the video from that one part. There you go. And then somebody sent me something else. And I was like, okay, well now I have a comparison. So I'll make that a YouTube video. And I have to say it's rare that 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 happens in one day. I'm usually slower or doing other things. But yesterday I got a podcast and a reel and a video. And to some people that might be nothing. Some people like, well, I put up seven reels in a day or whatever. But for me, that was great. And all the things you'll hear that you've probably said and that other people will hear, it's just, it's, it's mostly the same stuff, which is there is a, there is a machine to feed called the content machine. And as long as it's, you know, the phrase I've always used is consistent quality content. And that's what it takes. And again, in 20, let's say 14, people were like, well, maybe you should just put the whole thing up on YouTube, even with a thumbnail, because some people will search and find you that way. Like that was a thought, right? And only in recent years, I don't know when it started, that it was like six minute clip, 10 minute clip, eight minute clip of here's this interview with this celebrity. And then it's, you know, George Clooney thoughts on 
Ocean's Eleven, George Clooney thoughts on Ocean's Twelve, George Clooney full interview, like all that stuff. And again, I don't have the machine to build that, but I do do some of that. So again, it's really what does your time and and effort and system allow you to do? Well, it also sounds like you set yourself up for success, which is one of those things we've been talking about a lot when it comes to thinking through video versus audio in the podcasting space is that if you're if you're capturing video, even if you're not a quote unquote video podcast, that gives you that opportunity that if something interesting happens, like when you say something brilliant during today's podcast, we can clip that out as a video and be able to share that, you know, as an Instagram reel or as a YouTube short or, you know, post it in a number of different places. And that could lead back to someone listening to the full episode or discovering the podcast or, you know, learning more about what it is that we do. So I think, you know, I think approaching approaching podcasting as a marketing vehicle and also approaching it thinking through what is the the one thing that I can do that gives me the most opportunity if those great moments come up. So if you start with video and you're able to really use that in different ways, that's great. Like even if you're not using it as a regular video podcast, just being able to kind of think through that and go back later to be able to pull it out, right? Like so, saves yourself time. Yeah, so there's a there's a great app called Headliner, which does it for free. There's probably 50 other apps that exist. But even if you don't have that, if you can just screen record, I, I highly recommend buying a screen recording thing. Like, I forget what it costs, but I use Movavi and I screen recorded that video and you can screen and you can do it the size of Instagram, right? Which I like for reals. And by the way, I hate it. I like a nice horizontal shot especially watching a sporting event, right? Like I'm watching, maybe I did speak, you know, I don't know if that makes me a boomer, but I hate, hate, hate that I can't go live like this. I hate it on Instagram. But if you put, it will tell you, it'll, it'll tell the algorithm not to send it to as many people. So anyway, whatever you, whatever you just said, we could steal that, throw it up on Instagram. And even if you don't use an app headliner, you just hit captions. And then, and again, like free tip for people. I don't know what you guys have covered or not, but if you add a song, even if you turn the song all the way down, the algorithm recognizes you're using it. They like that you use it. Boom, there you go. Yeah, no, it is It is amazing all the little tricks out there that, that play into the various algorithms. And, you know, it does It does make a big difference. You know, every time you're like, oh, we, we've had this debate back and forth on like on on the music side where you're like, ah, oh, you know, you want to find like the right music for it, but sometimes the right music is the one that'll get your video shown. So maybe you don't like whatever the top song is, but if it works, it works, right? Well, something else that literally just happened today, uh, you're just so fortunate that this happened, you know, this whole idea of how can I make, you know, a thumbnail great without being too clickbaity and, you know, title and thumbnails are everything, title and thumbnails are everything. Well, I just watch a video today and they're like, guess what? They're starting to do the thing that Netflix does, which is as soon as your phone sees it, it's going to start playing. So you may not even see the thumbnail and your intro is now the new thumbnail. So thank God we've all spent a million hours on thumbnails. So it's like, again, that may not even be true, right? I mean, they are they are changing uh, the, I forget what they call it. You probably know because you're in the business, but they call it live in feed or whatever they call it. Mm, they're, yeah, they've been up, they've been doing a lot of updates. I mean, I, that that is the one thing that is, you know, is always going to stay constant, constant is that nothing is constant. Everything is going to change on all those platforms, right? They're, they're always trying to find like a better way to surface content, a better way to, you know, to catch the views, to keep people on their platforms, whatever the platform is, right? Whether that's Facebook or Instagram, you YouTube, all of them, they all, they're all fighting for eyes and fighting for people to stay on their platform. So it's, uh, so it's kind of freeing though, in some ways, because it means for all of us who are out there in the content creation space that, you know, the like mistake quote unquote that you made, you know, last week that you've been beating yourself up about doesn't matter anymore (laughs) because it's all changed anyway. So it's a safe space to be testing and trying different things and, you know, constantly playing around with it and going back and making changes like YouTube in particular is a great place where if you have those videos up there, there's nothing stopping you from going back and changing those thumbnails to something, trying something different, right? Changing those descriptions, you know, going back and trimming that video down or making any of those edits is absolutely possible. Yeah. So yeah, someone was saying that you still need them for desktop. And yeah, I still, I still like, if you would have told me that YouTube would be a channel like Hulu or Netflix. Like I would have never thought that. And that's literally the first thing I look at when I get home. I get home, I watch a ton of five to eight eight minute clips, entertainment, news, whatever. And again, right now, those are thumbnails, but it might get to the point where they're all like that 
movie version, whatever that. So, so who knows, but yeah, it's always changing. And I've spent a lot of time on things, certain things that I thought would do well, like some longer form stuff. And it's, it can be devastating. Right. But then it just gets back to like, okay, it didn't get seen by as many as I thought, but like, I'm proud of it. I like it. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I, I, there's a question that came in um, that I normally try to ignore the comments sections for those who are not here live with us, but Paul has a great question. So I'm going to ask it and everyone listening can still hear it. So it'll be okay. Uh, if you were starting over again today, what would you do differently? A couple things. One, I'm, I don't want to say bad at the making money part because like uh, clearly I make my living doing this, but I think there are ways, I think I suffered from what a lot of people suffer from, which is a asking for money and B and not seeming too salesy, right? Like I want to just give you this free content, but there are ways to monetize that I did not do as well as I thought. So if I started over tomorrow, if I could go back to 2012, I would a hundred percent, if I'm the expert on the, the sport and the news and, and all that stuff, like I would sell more stuff. And so people make money with affiliate sales. Right. And I made a little money with affiliate sales, but I certainly would have put a lot more time into that and been like, cause it would make, it would obviously make sense if I'm the guy for news and information. Oh, well, what shoes do I wear? Like, but it didn't, it, it didn't occur to me until much later that like, that's the most valuable, that's the most valuable asset, like valuable in terms of like dollars and cents, I guess that feeds into this other sort of theory that I've always had. And let's do it this way. Like if you want to serve, if you're, if you have your niche audience and you're serving two masters, Katie, one is the people that care about the sport a lot and they're not going to get it anywhere else. I talked to this athlete. I know the ins and outs of this. It's a really small number, right? And those people love what I do, always love what I do, right? And make me X amount of dollars in these various ways. But then you can feed the Google machine and do big, broad subjects like, how do I train for a Spartan race? It's like, that's the stuff I never focused on. And I still don't because I'm like too busy doing the newsy stuff. And so how do I train for a Spartan race is searched much more than who won the last Spartan race. So if I had to do it over again, I would have focused a lot more on gear and nutrition and the wider stuff. Cause now I feel like even now I struggle with that. And I certainly would have put more time and effort into YouTube sooner. I didn't even learn how to edit a video until 2017 because I was like, I can't possibly do that. I taught myself to edit podcasts, right? How can I, video is impossible. I will never be able to do it. How can I do it? I have to get somebody to do it. And then I couldn't afford to hire somebody. And it turns out I had to give myself, I had to take advice, Katie, that I was giving everybody else about podcasting, which is when you start, you're going to suck at it. When you start, it's going to take you eight hours to do something that will eventually take you one hour, right? All those things that I told people about podcasting, and it's like, Matt, you have to do this. And certain, sure enough, I started on, I, on iMovie, and it took me hours and hours and hours. And then I eventually jumped over to Final Cut like a year ago. And uh, yay! yeah, yesterday I put out you know a video that normally would have taken me three days. So those are the two things. Find out how to monetize sooner <laughs> and, uh, and do more video. It, that's good to hear because I feel like those are those are the things that everyone struggles with. Like it, you're you are 100 not alone. And if you're listening to this, I'm glad that Matt said that because I'm sure that that's on your mind as well. Because you know those are the questions that come up all the time. Or like, okay, you know, I really want to do this, but I also would like to you know build an audience and make money at it in some way or another. Whether it's a a hobby that you're starting it as or you're doing it as a business. And those kinds of conversations are the hardest because, in particular, podcast numbers are, like you said, they're lower than you would think. Like, I feel like when you start podcasting, you always, you're like, ah, like, you know, what, like, what's a good, what's a good podcast listenership? And it's always just, you know, in your mind, you're like millions of podcast listeners or like thousands of, you know, and that's, you know, like a good podcast, much less than what you would think, you know, and, and especially now, because there are so many celebrities out there who have these celebrity podcasts, right? So it, it kind of skews those numbers where you look at someone like Dak Shepard, who has this, you know, wildly popular podcast. Yeah, because he was already famous <laughs> when he started doing that podcast. So it, you know, he's bringing an existing audience with him into those numbers. So it, it, it makes, I think the playing field a little bit harder to try to logically think through what to charge for things or how to, you know, best monetize your podcast. Cause the, uh, the analytics are tricky and there's not a ton of really helpful information out there on that. Right. I, I may or may not have a big resentment against celebrities that show up day one 
in the new and interesting or featured, you know what I mean? Yeah. But again, it's like, that's why you can't even worry about that stuff and just crank out. And I think again, like that money is a double-edged sword. Cause that's what people go into it thinking like, oh, well I, I want to make money, but it's like, I- I'm not, I'm not telling you it's going to take you two or five or 10 years to make money. I'm just telling you that you've got to do it because you really love doing it because most podcasts, as you've probably learned last somewhere between like three and 18 months, this, this, like this takes a lot of work. Um, or I always see people start a show with like seven people and I'm like, you are never going to get together with these people. Then you cannot possibly schedule, like have a co-host tops and getting two people on the same schedule where somebody's kid doesn't get sick or, you know, their car dies or whatever. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of doing it yourself or with one other person. I think multiple host shows are a, a recipe for it going south quickly. Yeah. I mean, unless you have like a really dedicated crew or you're cool with the idea of like, there are seven of us and we're going to switch on and off. Like it's going to be like two of us at any given time, maybe three of us at any given time. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I, we've been joking lately on on this show that I'm so thankful that Doc is doing this with me. One, because he knows this space way better than me. So I'm the, I'm the one that gets to ask all the dumb questions, which is awesome for me. And two, it's great because we're on completely different schedules. We're on completely different time zones. You know, I have kids, he doesn't. So it makes it much easier when one of us needs to drop the ball. The show goes on, right? If it was just me, last week would have been dicey for me because my whole house was sick and like everything, every conceivable bad thing that could have happened was like back to back to back. So I would have been like, nope, I can't do this this week. So yeah, um, I agree. We've been talking a lot about this concept of thinking about your podcast, not as the vehicle with which you're going to make money, your podcast is the vehicle with which you're going to build your community and, you know, and the other things are what you're going to make money on. Like you were saying, like, you know, maybe it's affiliate sales, maybe it's that you have, you know, a paid membership, maybe it's that you have a product line or a service line that you're selling. You know, it's, it's probably not the actual like podcast ad revenue or, you know, sponsorship that's going to make you a killing because those are very difficult to come by. It's kind of all the things that you'll build around it is where it is where the money is going to be typically yes oh my gosh i'm uh I, yeah <laughs> it's what monetization is one of those spaces where it's always always a little bit dicey i want to talk a little bit about um about gear and kind of how you approach things because you're in a an interesting place which we've covered a little bit on this show because we've done a bit of travel this year but you're often not in the same space, right? So you're doing you're doing a podcast usually on location or on the go in some way or another, right? Because you're interviewing people, you're at obstacle races, you're you're in different places. How have you and how do you approach thinking through like quality and consistency when you're always in a different environment, usually where there's a lot of things you can't control. Being outside is dicey for for lighting and sound and some of those challenges. Right. So I think that uh what's great is that the the tools get better and so at a certain like level you can you can start right so i started literally doing doing this right just like headphones or no headphones on a computer mm-hmm. and this was back like you know zoom wasn't a thing it was like it was like do you have a skype do you know what your sign in is or can you just call me right and then on site i literally used this little tape recorder that was like i want to say the size of your phone, let's say, and I just held it like near their mouth and I would talk. And if it's a race, you want to move away from the speaker, right? If there's like a lot of like loud bass, let's go behind the food truck. Yeah. Yeah. Music and people. And yeah. Right. It's a little bit quieter. It also, uh, at those events, people like it because it actually kind of gave you the feel of being there. Like, cause there is a little bit of background noise as long as you weren't next to the actual speaker. Um, and then uh, I always say just absolutely start where you are. You definitely do not have to go out and buy the latest and greatest, but then when you can upgrade. So the, like I eventually bought, um, I always call it the wrong thing. It's either H4N or HN4 and just two microphones. And that's what I use like two shore microphones, which are, I think they're like $40 each and then two cables, which come with it actually. And a little eight megabyte disc and off you go. And that stuff works amazing. The mics, even in 
a room with bad sound or outside, they sound great because they're directional. So whoever's talking into it, you just got to make sure they're not playing with the cord too much. Um, when I do these, I usually actually have that Shure microphone set up in a little stand, but uh, I moved outside last minute. So here we are on the phone. <laughs> See, we're on location and we're making it work. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm like very impressed. It's probably quieter in your space than it is in mine. I'm, I'm in an office right downtown and there's always, we have like, this is an old mill town. So there's always like the mill horn that's like lunchtime. And then there's the other one that's like end of lunch and <laughs> fire trucks that go by all the time for some reason. I feel like the whole city is constantly burning down or calling the fire station. So yeah, so this, uh, this works. I'm, I'm a big fan. I don't like cordless. I'm a big fan of just the old basic, you know, whatever you call this, the, the old iPhone direct link. Um, but yeah, I, um, I don't know what the newer version is of it. I mean, I think there's bigger versions where like, you can you know, have six people talking at once or, or whatever. And even if you brought one microphone and handed it back and forth, uh, you could do it that way. If let's say you couldn't afford to buy two microphones, if you could just afford the one, like, you know, and, and the same thing with video, you know, I started with just my phone. And then when I started, you know, like, okay, let me try to dedicate some money to this. I asked my friends who make videos, like, what should I get? And uh, your phone is, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah. We forget. Yeah. It's amazing how good uh, you, if you do a nice, uh, like, horizontal shot and you matched it with somebody who shot it on a, you know, not the really expensive cameras, but um, a basic DSLR, it's, you honestly can't tell much difference, so. Yeah, I, um, I've definitely had a few instances where, so I'm in a, a studio space where it's a shared space and my bosses who are incredible are constantly testing because we make video software. So I, I inevitably will walk in and cameras are missing or cables are like in the wrong place or things are not connected. And so I've had a couple of instances where I'm like, oh, shoot, like I have to be live or recording a video in a couple of minutes and I need to, I need to solve this situation. My phone now connects either with a wire through camo or um, in many cases now even wirelessly through continuous cam. So I, it, it's amazing. And the quality, yeah, like you said, really isn't that different. It's leagues better than what's built into your, you know, into your laptop or into your, like a basic level webcam. So yeah, it's, it's worth having and it's worth having like an X, you know, if you have like a, an older one generation older phone that you know you're not really using as much anymore it's great to set it up as an extra camera as well especially if you're doing anything where you need like an overhead shot or like a second shot that comes in uh it goes a really long way and if you want when this is all over i can send you a link that i made that i made years ago and i haven't changed it much which is people are always asking me what do you use and i include it in there and it's it's pretty it's pretty basic yeah, throw in those affiliate links. <laughs> it'll be it'll be a win win for everyone. I do have an affiliate link Amazon page for that stuff. I don't make a ton of money on it, but again, I'm just happy to to tell folks. I mean, and again, like once you learn the basics, like um, you know, move away from the noise and make sure like the sun is you know facing you and not behind you. Once you learn that basic stuff, you can do some kind of amazing things. You know what I mean? You can make it look pretty good. Yeah, I know it's it's so funny. We're in this space where. Um, you know, with, with Ecamm customers or potential customers, they always have all of these questions about gear because for the most part, a lot of the influencers we work with and content creators have these like incredible studio spaces because they are, you know, YouTubers or that's their full-time job. And so as, as new people coming in, it's often like, oh, you know, I can't, I can't start, you know, recording a podcast or doing live video until I have, you know, the like giant lights and multiple mirrorless cameras and like the most expensive mic and the Rodecaster Pro and like all, all of these things. And I think you're a great example of, you can actually, you can, you can do a lot with a really, you know, somewhat quote unquote basic system and still be able to do, you know, years of an incredible podcast that's popular and that has that has a fan base. So yeah, I think it's it's important advice for us all to hear. We interview a ton of people and everyone has a different favorite microphone or a different favorite camera and everyone's setup's different. And yet they're all still creating content and they're all still winning at what they do. So it's a good reminder for all of us that just because someone loves a particular item doesn't mean that it will work exactly the way that you want it to, or that it's the best fit for you. Like I, it might not be, you might like something that's way cheaper or way more expensive. Like you really need to kind of ask around and test and play and think through what actually you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I've, um, if my, if I ran out of battery or disk space and didn't prepare, which has happened, like voice memo is great. Um, I think, uh, again, 
voice me- with 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 your phone you definitely need to be somewhere quieter like the outside noise it can't really distinguish the difference so i wouldn't suggest using that in a crowded place but if you're just if you're outside like the, like where i'm at now or even in a room and there's not that much echo if like you put a phone right here and you and i talk it, it sounds pretty great yeah I, it's absolutely incredible Paul is coming in with all these amazing questions. So I'm just going to keep asking them. Paul asks, uh, other than video editing skills, what other skills would you advise a newbie to level up? Uh, again, I think, I think there's, there's a couple of basic things that make all the difference. Because, again, the technology is so good, it's like, um, I'm, again, I'm breaking my own rule here. Like I, always, like, I always set this up like on a box, right? or something because no one wants to look up your nose. Right. And I see that all the time, even on, even on newscasts. And I'm like, why is this person look like this? And I'm on CBS news and I have to look straight up their fucking nose. Pardon my French. So it's like, just, just, there really isn't much. Like, again, this is the first time I've ever had like a recent Mac. You know what I mean? Like this one now is, if I put about this Mac is going to tell me what year it is. This says 2021. And I bought it in 2021. Before that I would all, I would always buy a you know five hundred dollar Mac that was probably three to four years old, and it lasted easily three to four years. And then you could still sell it for like like half of it because Macs are great, right? Personal preference, whatever you want to get, get. Uh, so yeah, so in terms of in terms of like yeah, in terms of leveling up, honestly, like work with absolutely what you have because whatever you have is going to be fine until until you can do better. And again, like I still do not have a lot of things like. Even like I've, I've done times where I've used a ring light, but I have more often than I haven't. Like is if you're in a well-lighted room, it looks fine. If you're outside, it looks fine. Once in a while, it's like if you have those, uh, those crappy, um, like I think like you're in your school, old school. Oh yeah. Like the fluorescent tube lights. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> yeah. those. And it just, it makes your face look weird. So yeah, buy a cheap light on Amazon but again. Like, all the tools are so I'm sure you guys talk about this all the time. All the tools that are like, you know, 30 bucks, 50 bucks, which again, I know isn't nothing, but it's, it's not a thousand. Yeah. It's the right tool for the, it's the right tool for the right job. And again, like I, I love that you're on the show because usually we have all of these people on it who again are in these like amazing studios, which I love. And I, I mad shout out to everyone watching who is in an amazing studio. I, I'm lucky enough to be in one here that was built for me, but I think it's really great as a reminder that you don't have to be. And in what for the content that you're creating and for the audience that you have, there's like this rawness and like you need to be outside in the field. There's like the energy of being at the event, like all of that you're able to capture in ways that are significantly like easier, I guess, quote unquote, or require less of sort of the overthinking tech full studio setup. So I, I think it's really cool that you can you can really think through like what what is the content that you're creating? You know, who are the listeners? Who are the viewers? And you, you might not need to worry too much about, you know, all of, all of these, you know, huge tech questions that might be stumbling across your mind. It may not make sense for what you're doing. Like what Matt's doing is, you know, working really, really well for him because of the kind of content that you're capturing and the interviews that you're doing. You're sort of there in that moment. There's the, the energy that's there. You'd almost, it would almost feel weird and fake if you like had obstacle racers or companies come into like a studio space and be like well today we're going to be talking (laughs) with so-and-so about you know the race that they just did it wouldn't feel as cool right but but i think people still do some of that like they think they have to have like the fancy background and or the 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 ones that zoom gives you or whatever and i'm just not again that's just not i'm just not a fan of those um somebody's asking the name of my show so the the one that that we're talking about mostly is the obstacle racing media podcast. I have started others, some that have l- stuck around and some that haven't, uh, just cause I'm a guy that always needs to be doing more stuff, but I have another show, um, called the Atlanta podcast. And I take a lot of the lessons obviously from the main obstacle show. Uh, but that's the one that I'm also currently passionate about. That's awesome. Well, we, we have done it. We are almost at the hour mark. Is there anything else that you wish I asked you or you would like to share with everyone. You just gave the name of the show and it looks like Paul dropped in your, the link to your podcast, which is awesome. Thank you, Paul. Um, and if you're listening, we'll make sure that the link to the podcast is in the show notes. But again, it's Obstacle Racing Media. So you can certainly look that up as well. It's, it's again, it's always the same thing. It's, it's make what you love doing. 
And if that's if that at the end of the day will continue to drive you because if it's about anything else, it's not going to, it's not going to work Yeah, and put out consistent quality content. Like once a week is better than no times a week. Once every two weeks is better than no time. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is and just stick to it. And if you mess up, it's no big deal. Just do it. Do one next week. Like, Oh shoot, I missed it. This happened. I promised people every Friday and it didn't happen. I still don't have a schedule this many years in like it's mostly Mondays and Wednesdays, but sometimes it's Sundays and Thursdays. And again, people will always tell you, Oh, you have to have a certain day. And I've just never been that guy. So I should probably eventually get to it. But at this point, it's like people that listen to my show, like they get it when they get it. So I love that. Uh, Thank you so much, Matt, for hanging out. I, I so appreciate it. And it was great to reconnect. (laughs) It's, it's reminding me of my, of my trauma from the one and only (laughs) obstacle race that I did super badly. Which one did you do? I got tricked into doing the superhero scramble. I am not athletic. Oh my god, I love that one. I love that one. So, and I will, I will, I will end on this story for for intense vulnerability for all of our listeners and viewers out there. I, so, I am not even kind of sporty, but I do like the idea of obstacles. And so, my husband's company was doing the superhero scramble, and they were like, "Oh, it's all like you know, it's like you know." company all of their team and then you know partners and spouses and families and whatever and this is like super fun you're gonna dress up like superheroes and it's gonna be like awesome and I was like oh I've got this like you know I like this will be fun I can do this and what ends up always happening with with my husband is that he tells me that it's like all of the wives and partners are going to do it. So like, I'm not going to be the only woman that's there. It's like, it's going to be all of the wives. And inevitably when I get there, it's always just me. Like I'm the only wife <laughs> that ends up showing up to all of this stuff. So this was the, this was the case. So I got, I got to the superhero scramble and I was the only one. And then I looked out over like the group of, of contestants and I was like, Oh, like, I'm, you know, younger than most of the people that are here. Like I look like in equal shape to everyone that's, I got this. And the race when it started and it went straight up a hill and then you had to go back down the hill and then up the hill again before you got to the first obstacle. Was it Amesbury? It was in Amesbury. Yeah. <laughs> I, know that, I know that course. Yeah. And, and I went straight up the hill and then I literally just like laid down on the hill and I was like, <laughs> I can't, I couldn't breathe. I was so winded. And Dane was like, put your hands over your head. And I was like, I hate you. Why did you do this to me? Like I was just, and everyone was flying by me. And I like, I felt so humiliated and awful. But I will say, I finished it. Every photo of me, I Good look job. incredible. Like I want to frame all of them and look, be like, look how badass I look at all these. And I did all of the obstacles. And the obstacles are really fun. I just don't think I can run. I'm just not a, like the obstacles. I loved. If it was like just obstacles without the running, I probably would have been okay. Well, listen, right. Well, I, I know we have to wrap up, Katie. But you know they do that great race in Fenway every year. You just missed it. It was in November. That one, there's no mud. You go up and down some stairs. You do the obstacles. It's super fun. You get to run in Fenway. So next next year, we'll uh, we'll we'll send you a free pass. You can do that one. You and your husband. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll happily send it to you. <laughs> He's done probably like eight or nine of them, and I go and cheer him on. But that's the only one. I, all right, you might you might be able to talk me into it. I'll work my way up to it. Fenway would be really cool. I um I love it. Gret- Gretchen says that she's got an ultra marathon and obstacle runners in her family. Gretchen, maybe you have to come and do this with me. Well, that's my that is my behind the scenes <laughs> story for the day. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for for hanging out. And I yeah, I'll have to I'll have to jump in and give the podcast a listen. I've listened back in the day, and I have my copy of my book, but it's been a while. So all right, well, thank you for having me on. Dude. Thanks so much. All right. Well, you have listened to another episode of The Flow. And thank you so much for hanging out with us. It has been an honor. I did it. I survived my first solo episode of The Flow without Doc here. Join me next week as I try again. (laughs) This episode will be available on all the major podcast platforms next Tuesday. You can find it as always, flow.ecam.com. You can leave us reviews at all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can 
find us on every single one of them, but we would love reviews on Apple because that's the one that matters most. And if you want to connect with us, you can always find us flow at ecam.com or go on over to Volley and leave us a video message so then we can feature it on the show, which we would absolutely love to do. And huge, huge thank you, as always, to our favorite sponsor, Speedify, who make internet connectivity easy and fun and awesome. They have saved the day more times than I can begin to count almost every single time that we do any kind of big video event here from the Amesbury studio. Something goes horribly wrong with the Amesbury internet. So thank God for Speedify or we would be in huge trouble. And if you have not yet signed up for them, they are incredibly affordable. It is the season. Swing on over to speedify.com. And that covers it all for this week. We will see you again next week. Calling all campers, Leslie Samuel here, your camp director, back again to get you pumped up for something awesome. It's that time again. It's time for Creator Camp 2024. We took everything you loved from last year and stepped it up a notch. Yet we're back and better and man oh man, we're excited to have you join us. Now you may be asking, what's in store for this year's Creator Camp? Well, let me paint a picture for you. Imagine an epic kickoff party where new friendships spark and old ones rekindle. Imagine rubbing shoulders with not just the awesome workshop leaders, but also the amazing Ecamm team. Imagine having interactive, hands-on sessions where industry leaders share insights in fields that you're passionate about. Well, you just imagine Creator Camp 2024. Reconnect with the Ecamm fam, and of course, meals and beverages are all a part of your journey with us. Expect exciting activities and local excursions. What is it gonna be this time? Wine tasting, scavenger hunt, an evening of stargazing? <laughs> I'm not telling, at least not yet. This year's Creator Camp isn't just an event, it's an adventure. The Ecamm fam is taking over Amesbury, Massachusetts again, and trust me, you wanna be right there in the middle of the magic. So pack up your essentials, your laptop, your camera, and of course, your energy, and gear up for an unforgettable escapade at Creator Camp 2024. We can't wait to see all your smiling faces back together again. We'll see you at Creator Camp. Let's do this.